1: I recently acquired a new roommate. The entire situation should never have happened. We but I needed someone to help with rent. So a Craigslist posting later he moved in. His name was Greg and he discloses to me that he did have some strange sleeping behavior sleep talking, sleepwalking, night terrors. Funny thing was I also had a history of sleepwalking, but only on rare occasions. The first incident occurred about one week later when I heard him screaming in the middle of the night. Since we both slept in desperate rooms on different sides of the house, the screams sounded distant, but enough to scare me so much I ran to check on him. As I'd get closer to his bedroom, he stopped screaming, so I just went back to bed. For the next month he had no issues. I noticed he had no friends or family that would visit, and I never saw or heard him on the phone or texting. Then another random night, Greg started screaming. Same thing. I got up and started to go to his room, but he'd stop. Then one night, I was awoken by screaming in my bedroom. I couldn't see anything in the panic, so I turned on the bedside lamp, and he was at the foot of my bed wearing some sleeping clothes, athletic shorts, and a t-shirt. Scared me, so I started screaming and woke him up. He apologized and went back to bed. Then the scariest thing happened. About two nights later, I awoke to clanking. It sounded like tools and hammers tapping. I turned on the light to see Greg kneeling down in a corner working on something with his hands. A few seconds after turning the light on, Greg froze, then slowly turned his upper body around and started blankly at me while I laid in bed. I was beyond creeped out, so I slowly slid out of bed and left the house. After sleeping in my truck down the road in an empty church parking lot, I returned to the house at about 8 in the morning. Greg was gone. All of his belongings were gone. No signs of him anywhere. It was like he never lived there. I didn't know of any of his friends or family, so I had no one to call about him. Days turned to weeks, weeks into months. When I moved out after the lease was up, I was moving furniture out of my bedroom. In the corner of the room where I last saw Greg kneeling down, I realized the floor vent for the air conditioning was loose. Inside the floor vent was an envelope with a ton of pictures of me sleeping. The pictures had handwritten dates and times written on the back of the pictures. The only other item was a whittled-down wooden broom handle brought to a point. I truly believe Greg was preparing to kill me that night, and he realized it. Because it was the sleepwalking Greg that was going to do it, he left to save my life. It appears Greg had been coming to my room almost nightly and working on making the broom handle a stabbing weapon and I never heard until the last night I saw him. I was selling an entertainment console and these guys called to come look at it. They seemed interested in it and loved the size. I told them a person could fit inside of the cabinets, and they didn't believe me, so I climbed in. They blocked the door and proceeded to rob my entire apartment. My roommate was super pissed when he got home. We used lawn chairs and a canoe for furniture for a while afterwards. About six years ago, my now-husband, Josh, and I moved to northern Kentucky for work. Northern Kentucky is part of a tri-state area with Ohio and Indiana. This was our first apartment that was larger than a shoebox, and we were looking for some extra counter space. We found the perfect microwave card on Craigslist, so Josh called up the the seller, who seemed perfectly normal. The address was on RD and Ross, which we assumed was in Kentucky. We also assumed based on our own experiences with waterfront property on the East Coast. That it would be a nice neighborhood as it was right on the ohio river so we mapped out our route and went on our way in our mustang convertible with the top down it was just getting dark outside at this point after a considerable drive and after passing the road by accident we found it in addition to the street sign which was mostly hidden by bushes and trees it was marked with some very faded wooden signs which we couldn't read very well in the dark Those signs probably should have been our first inclination that something wasn't right, but we vaguely took notice and turned down the street. Upon going over a small hill that included railroad tracks going perpendicular to the road, we bottomed out and lost our muffler. So with our car's now extra-loud engine, we came out of the trees into a small trailer park. There were about five trailers on each side of the road, which ended in a cul-de-sac. Immediately, we were a bit nervous, having not expected a scene like this. Josh pulled the car in and turned it around so we were facing the exit. Immediately, the inhabitants of the trailer park, who had all been standing together talking, came over and surrounded our car. I was pretty much panicking at this point and was nudging Josh, just wanting to get out of there. The large, beer-bellied, redneck man, who seemed to be the spokesperson of the group, Asked angrily what we were doing there. Josh told him we were there about the microwave cart from Craigslist. The man said, Craigslist? Nah, we don't got nothing like that here. What'd you say you were looking for? At this point, Josh is calling the woman he had spoken to on the phone, and there are about eight people all around our car. Luckily for us, they were not at the front of the car. The woman answers the phone, Josh realizes we're obviously in the wrong place, apologizes a few times, and we floor it out of there. On the way out we go over the hill and bottom out again. Speaking to the woman on the phone, we realize that she was on Ren R.D. in Ross Township, Ohio. We set off for her actual residence and claimed our microwave cart at her nice, normal suburban home. We were scared shitless and our car was even louder than normal but we were safe. There are plenty of lessons to be learned from others who've dealt with Craigslist creeps, but we still use it when necessary and haven't really had any actual issues. One lesson we did learn though. Riverfront property in the Midwest is the complete opposite of beachfront property on the East Coast. So though we don't live anywhere near the Midwest now, creepy trailer park rednecks, let's not meet. tried to buy an iPhone from a guy, asked me to meet him in a kind of of out-of-the-way place not far from where I lived, in a decent neighborhood, at what I assumed was his house. I get there, he is waiting outside. He says to me, I don't have the phone. I need you to get in my car, and we will go to the Apple store, which immediately caused me to try and nope the F out of there, and he starts following me down the street, calling for we to come back. I'm not a terribly intimidating guy but I've got a grand in my pocket and there is no one else around. In my biggest voice I threaten to call the police if he attempts to follow me and tell him to F off. So I'm now walking as fast as I can back to a populated area and he starts calling me on my phone. I ignore it. He tries 2-3 times and then pulls up next to me, apologizing and trying to get me in his car still. Again I shout at him to F off from the side of the road. He drives off. I finally get to a strip mall and he calls me again WTF. I'm feeling safer and I've collected my thoughts a little and answer the phone. I tell him to shut up and what a piece of shit I think he is and if I have anything to do with him again I won't hesitate to call the cops. There are people staring at me as I shout at my phone but I don't really care. In hindsight, I wish I got his plate and give that and his number to the police anyway. I count myself lucky to get away unscathed. I ordered my wife a week ago from an engineering student named Jack. He posted an ad on Craigslist offering some exquisite services and delivered her ready to use in a large cardboard box just a week later. She was everything I could have wished for. A sleek black chassis housed what must have been a load of processing power, liquid cooling, and a power supply that could electrocute an elephant. Her front contained a mechanical keyboard with red switches and a built-in high-resolution monitor. On top of being able to run the latest games on Ultra in 120 FPS, she also housed the latest advancements in artificial intelligence. I was surprised to pick her up for just 500 grand, but Jack needed the tuition money. Take good care of her. She's my masterpiece, he'd said. The lights flickered in my house when I plugged her in. The screen came to life, revealing a smiling, pretty face with American features. She looked to be in her early twenties. Hello, I typed. My name is Jeff. I will be your new owner. A responding notification turned up on the screen. It flashed on and off for about a minute before finally revealing, Hello, Jeff. My name is Carla. I have a secret. We talked about college for a while, and about how my father was overseas, and I never got to see him. About my new stepmom, who would probably steal my inheritance. Her responses got faster as we continued, so I figured she just needed to get warmed up. I plugged in the Ethernet cable and played a bit of Battlefront on my Carla, who watched me with that same winning smile. I love you, Carla. Good night. I typed before going to bed. You are came back up almost immediately, and flashed for a moment before finally displaying you are in love. I scratched my head. Did you mean, we are in love? I typed back, but got no response. I took a peek inside her code, but couldn't decipher much of anything. It had no documentation whatsoever, and was surprisingly short. Only a few gigabytes. I called Steve to check it out in the morning. Steve was an honor roll, four-point valedictorian Craigslist student with a job offer waiting from Google. He also used to frequent the gaming club on campus, which is how we met. We still do a few raids together on the weekend. I think my parents' money had something to do with how insistent he was that we stay friends. He whistled as he came in. Looks fancy. What are the specs? Probably near supercomputer level, or whatever 500 grand will buy you these days. There's a thing I need you to take a look at, and be careful. That's my wife. I pulled up Carla's source code. She's beautiful, he whispered, and got right down to messing around. He loved cracking puzzles like these. I loved drinking. I drank beer while he cracked the code. It's lovely how it all works out sometimes. Jeff, I think we have a problem. I rushed over. You did not just break my wife. He held up a shaking hand and placed it on my shoulder. No, she's fine, or as fine as she is now. But Jeff, we need to call the cops. Write the F now. There's a person inside. He didn't normally swear outside of Warcraft. He was the stereotype of the good student. Okay, you win. I'll call the cops. First, I need to know what to tell them. I stared at the screen while he brought up some code he highlighted. This is an artificial intelligence code. This is a text box filter. A really shitty one. It limits your Carlos responses to a few choices. He hit delete while shaking his head. I got up and locked the door just to be safe. I say it's really shitty because it actually stores what it failed to send. I brought it up and well. Here, call the cops when you're done. He took a screwdriver set out from his pocket and started tinkering with the back. I scanned the chat log and almost threw up. Help, help me. I'm trapped inside. Failed to send. It's dark and I can't see. Failed to send. Jeff, please. I have a family. They're looking for me. Failed to send. Call the police. Failed to send. Hello, Jeff. Sent. My name is Carla. Sent. I'm trapped inside. Please help me. Failed to send. I have a secret. Sent. Then there was the chat log from before. The back panel clattered as Steve finished his work with the screws and fiddled with it. This is weird, Jeff. There's no way to open it. They must have glued it on. I called the cops and told them my address. Please come quick, there's a person trapped in a metal box. It sounded dumb at the time, but that was the best I could do. In the meantime, I printed the chat log for evidence. I guess I sounded rich enough that they showed up not five minutes later with the fire department and the jaws of life. They cut open Carla's metal chassis with a bunch of angry clanking sounds. One of them looked away and held his face in his hands. Among the tubes and wires, floating in a jar of clear liquid, was a human brain with part of a spinal cord. The rest of my night was spent answering questions. All I had to offer them was the Craigslist ad I'd screenshotted, which led to a cancelled phone number. They took Carlo away in a large transport truck and sent a big nerd to talk to Steve. Somehow they let me go. Maybe I didn't look like
0: a
1: criminal. They gave me a call early next morning. Jeff, you mentioned you had a chat log. In last night's confusion, we forgot to pick it up. Could you please scan us a copy or drop it off at the station? Sure. One moment. My eye caught on something near the end. Another failed to send. Oh, right. Our good night. Wait, don't go to bed. Failed to send. You are sent. In sent. Danger failed to send. Something didn't add up, though. Why would a murderer who could make what's basically a biotechnological miracle F up the chat log sensor? Keeping the evidence there would only serve to incriminate him later. It was then that I realized why Carla had an Ethernet port. It had a bite as it hit my taste buds. The liquid was much too sour. Its bitter flavor gave me a jolt as I looked over to hear the gurgling of milk coming from the shaggy barista wearing a band t-shirt of the National. I couldn't tell if he was new, but his messy brown hair and face told me it was apathy. It was a shame because usually my espresso was usually good when I stopped by. It was a diversion from an old friend named Jensen. He was a good guy overall. He had spent the last half hour talking about his work and I was beginning to lose interest. He wasn't distracting enough to get me out my own head and the discomfort I felt. I hated being out in public these days. Enough about me. What have you been up to? Jensen asked as he leaned back in his chair taking a sip from his coffee filled with too much cream and sugar. It amazed me how he stayed so fit drinking so much dairy and sweetener. He looked as he did for years. He was skinny, but well-toned, with sandy blonde hair and dreamy blue eyes. I've been good just living my life and going back to school. I need a new career. Yay, I understand the need for that. How is everything outside of work, I asked. It's the usual. I still go out with the old crew every weekend. They have been asking about you. Maybe you should come out sometime. What the hell could I possibly do with you guys?" I asked sharply. I don't know you could just hang out. Then we can go lift weights at the gym and hit up a bar like old times. I mean we could do some yoga or something. "Yay yeah, not really my speed these days, Jen, I replied. It wasn't like the old times. I had traded my stiff drinks of tequila for coffee and the weights for binge-watching shows on Netflix. It was a lifestyle that Jensen could never understand. I'm sorry, dude. I've just never been the coffee shop type guy it seems like a place for Tinder and potential missed connections to me. Missed connections? His eyes lit up. You've never heard of missed connections? The ones on Craigslist are the best. No, I don't have a clue, I replied as I watched Jensen retrieve his phone. He seemed almost excited as he typed away on his phone. The sound of the surrounding chatter started to make me feel insecure. I imagined that everyone was watching us wondering what I was doing with this meathead, but at one point I was just like him. He laughed loudly for a second, and it made feel like I stood out like a sore thumb. I saw you at the Best Buy, Jensen said loudly, with a smile on his face. You were wearing a black cap and wore a pair of grey jeans. I've been dreaming of stripping you of them since I saw you that day. The F are you talking about? He grinned. It's the missed connections section on Craigslist. It's where people think they have a connection with someone in public, and they post it hoping that the person will see it and reach out to them. That sounds kind of sad, Jen. If you mean sad as in hilarious. If you say so, dude, I said as I took a sip of coffee. I looked around for a moment as Jensen kept reading and giggling like a little schoolboy. He put his phone down when he saw it started to annoy me. So, any way you seeing anyone? The question made me uneasy, but I knew he would bring it up. It had been quite a while since we had seen one another, and it was a fair question to ask, but my insecurities started to come up. Not at the moment, I muttered. You need to get back out there, man. Yea, I hear that from everyone. Jensen leaned forward. That's because they are right. We don't want to see you waste away being miserable. My life is a little different now, I replied irritated as I looked at him. It was easy for him to say. His life had not changed. He could do the same things with little effort and without a thought. He knew he had hit a nerve. I'm sorry, man. I meant nothing by it. It's fine. I am still just working on things both mentally and physically. Yay, you will get there, but I have to get going. I will be late for work, he said as he began to stand up. I tried to follow him, but struggled and stumbled a bit. I watched his eyes and saw the look of pity. I hated it. It took a moment to regain my balance. We began to walk out the store as Jensen started to shuffle ahead. It took him a moment, but he turned around. Shit, I am sorry, he said remorsefully. It's fine, I just can't move like I used to. I caught up to him as we looked over at his motorcycle. He was still riding the 1000R, and it was still in great condition. It was his pride and joy, but looking at it made my body ache. Jensen gave a light smile and moved into hugging me. It was good to see you. We need to keep in touch, man, because I miss you. I promise I will do better. Well, let's do this again next week, and you should read some of those misconnections. You will get a kick out of them. We departed, and I headed out to run my errands. I could feel his little eyes staring at me as I walked down the aisle to grab some cereal and coffee. It was an innocent look. He tugged at his mother's pant leg as I struggled to crouch down to grab my favorite blend. He couldn't be older than five with dark brown hair and little brown eyes that studied me as I grabbed the bag of coffee. I turned to him and let out a little smile, but I knew it was coming as his mother turned to look over to me. Mommy, what is wrong with that man over there, he asked. She looked a lot like her child, but at the moment her eyes widened and her cheeks turned red. She glanced down to her son with a shaming look and the back to me. "'I am so sorry,' she said. "'It's okay, miss. I know he meant nothing by it,' I assured her. I grabbed a box of cereal and walked back down the aisle. I tried to be mindful of every step as I strolled toward the checkout. It was probably me, but I could feel the eyes of everyone staring at me as I stood in line. I needed something to take my mind off of it, so I did what Jensen suggested. I looked at the missed connections. One caught my eye, though. It made me think that Jensen had decided to tease me. I read the title and then clicked it. The handsome man I saw at the coffee shop on 8th Street. You were sitting there with a blond man who seemed fool of himself. You looked miserable at times, and it made me sad to see you like that. I will be in touch. I picked up my phone and dialed Jensen. It went to voice my mail. You are a real asshole, but I will give you credit because I am handsome. I joked before hanging up. It was the last I thought about it. I sat on my couch, debating what to watch on Netflix when my phone began to ring. It took a moment for me to lift myself off of my couch and to walk to the table where my phone was charging. I looked to see it was Jensen returning my call. I retrieved it and answered, Hello, Mr. Funny Guy. While I agree that you are a very handsome man, I have to ask what did I do? The post about us at the coffee shop. I don't know what you are talking about. Oh, I am so sure it's just it's coincidental that you told a look on there, and now someone is describing me. Seriously, I don't follow. What do you mean a post that described you? You posted a missed connection on Craigslist, Jensen. No, I did not. But I wish I had because that would have been amazing to see the look on your face, he replied. As I shuffled over back to my couch, I relaxed back waiting for me to respond. He probably had a huge smile on his face. It was a good one, but I am hanging up now until you think a better way to lie. It wasn't me. I was too busy today to do anything like, and I am not even that clever. We all have our moments, Jen, I replied as I hung up the phone and went back to missed connections. Jensen would probably delete it now that I had caught him, but something else stood out. It was another one from an hour ago. It was at the store where I had run into the child that stared at me. This is for the good-looking man who bought my favorite coffee at Waldron Market. I saw you again today. I know you hate when strangers look at you, but you have nothing to be ashamed of because you are perfect the way you are. Don't ever feel bad about yourself. I found it strange. It had to be a joke, but also I didn't see Jensen following me, because that would require too much commitment. It started to make me feel a little worried the more I thought about it. It was a bit creepy. The only thing that distracted me was the ache in my right thigh. I had done a lot more walking today than usual. I decided it was time to change and try to take my mind off the weirdness. They couldn't be possibly talking about a person like me. I walked into my bedroom to retrieve some sweatpants and a t-shirt. I stripped down, looking at my body. I was once a man in great shape, but now that muscle had now been replaced with ugly scars that riddled my torso and lower body. It was the big one that bothered me the most. It was the metal rod and fake foot that made my right leg. They saved my life that night, and multiple surgeries allowed me to still function. The one thing they couldn't save was my leg. It took months to get this one, and I was still getting use it. I lumbered around like a robot in a bad sci-fi movie, and it was the reason to me being insecure. I cursed the drunk driver who ran a red light and crashed into the right side of my motorcycle. It was a night that changed everything. He robbed me more than just a fully functioning body that night. The sound of my phone went off again, and I answered it. Dude, you need to call the police. It was Jensen who sounded concerned. What's going on? I asked a bit startled. I stood in my bedroom only in a pair of boxer briefs and clenching the phone tightly. I am reading to the man apartment apartment 124 in Building D. My heart pounded as I looked out the bedroom window. It was my building and my apartment number. It was either a sick joke that Jensen was playing or someone had followed me home what does it say? It says as I watch you strip to your clothes with a look of disgust, I still find you perfect just the way you are. How could this? Call the police now. I am on my way, he shouted loudly. It's true, a voice said behind me as I froze in fear. I slowly turned my head, trying to remain calm while I dialed 911. It was what behind me that shocked me to the core. I could even feel a phantom pain in my missing leg as I looked on. A woman with light brown hair stood behind me in my doorway. She had piercing hazel eyes and with a soft face. She looked at the same as she did that night wearing her grey blouse and dark denim jeans. She smiled at me as I struggled to gain my bearings. It was impossible for her to be here. I lost her that night along with my leg. While I was lucky enough to survive the accident, she had not. I walked away with a crushed leg, but my girlfriend Holly got stuck underneath the driver's tires. It crushed her that night. I could still remember the sound of her bones being crunched underneath the weight of the car. What are you doing here? I asked. I didn't like to mention her because I felt guilty for that night. While I may have lost a leg, the biggest thing I lost that night was her. The thought of her eyes and smile were too much to bear. I just wanted you to know, even without your leg, that you are still perfect to me, and you should never feel insecure. Craigslist has been ruined for me on account of the first time I ever tired to sell something and got mugged. I was young and stupid and had a bunch of old PS2 games. I wasn't playing anymore that I figured I'd unload for a quick buck. I get an email from a guy who agrees to meet me in the parking lot of the local shopping mall at roughly 3 p.m. I thought to myself, hey, it's a public place and it's broad daylight. What could possibly go wrong? I throw the games in a bag and head down there. We meet in front of the Walmart entrance. I was maybe 17 at the time and the buyer was maybe a year older than me. We exchange pleasantries, and he looks through the games before telling me that he'll take them, but he left his wallet in his car. Like an idiot, I followed him out into the parking lot. We get to his car and out jumps two of his friends with a knife and a baseball bat. They give me the usual spiel, give us your wallet, phone, games, and then hop back in the car and speed off. The whole thing happened so fast, I didn't even think about reading the license plate number. When I called the cops later that day, I was basically told that it was extremely unlikely that anything would happen to my muggers. Never sold anything on Craigslist after that.